Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We believe God wants to speak into your life through this message. If you're interested in knowing more about Celebration Church, you can visit our website at celebrationedmonton.com and find us on Instagram and Facebook at Celebration EDM. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this message. For the next nine weeks, we're going to go through the book of James, the letter of James, and a little bit of context. James is the first book that was written in the New Testament. Uh, it was written somewhere between 40 and 50 AD. And the book was written to challenge and to change us. To challenge and to change us. James is writing, James is the brother of Jesus. And so this book is a direct uh, work out of the ministry of Jesus. James's brother is around Jesus quite a bit. And he writes us this book. And the context of this book is that James is writing this to the early church. So the early, early church is scattering. They're figuring out who they are. They're, they're developing the church after Jesus' death and what that looks like now, um, post-resurrection. And they're being persecuted. Um, uh, much of their persecution even was like social rejection, that people didn't want to be associated with these people. And so it's encouraging um, because sometimes we can have those things happen to us. Um, sometimes we experience social rejection because we're just acting weird. Uh, let's be honest. Um, but, but sometimes, you know, as believers, uh, people don't want to be associated with us. And so this is an encouragement for us in the, in the letter of James that, hey, um, we're not the first ones to go through this and we can be encouraged by the word of God and every answer and direction we need comes from his word and from him. So James chapter one, this morning, we're going to go through one to 18. Do you have it ready? Okay. I'm, I'm going to be honest. First service was in a much better mood than you guys. I'm not sure what took place on the way to church this morning. Are we ready to read some of the Bible this morning? All right, here we go. Please, you can read along with me on your own. I'm going to read from the ESV. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes in dispersion, greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let the steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass. Its flower falls and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he's tempted, I'm being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil. He tempts no one. 
But each person is tempted when he's lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived birth to sin, and sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. And notice that James just starts right out of the gate with when you uh, encounter trials, when, when trials, when you meet those trials, not if you meet trials, but when these trials occur. Jesus does not promise us an easy life. In fact, there might even be parts of our life that are easier if we weren't following Jesus. It would. I mean, following Jesus is, it's, a big part of it is just pleasing God. Like a, a big part of our life is that as we're followers of Jesus, we, we want to be close to him. We want to become like him. And what do we see modeled by Jesus? That he wants to please the Father. And so if you think about desiring an easy life, if you think about, man, I want my life to be easy. Sure, it would be easier if there was no one to please. But is easy really all it's cracked up to be? Because we often see that, man, you want to do things as easy as possible. You just want to make life really easy and as easy as you possibly can. That's, that's kind of a, a little bit of a model that maybe we see displayed at areas. And this week I was reading about something called a second childhood. Have you heard about the second childhood? No, first service, I hadn't heard about it either. I, I don't know how I found this thing, but it just ended up in my inbox. Someone was talking about the second childhood. And what happens is, is that later on in life, you start to become like a child again. When you're getting in your older age, you start to rely on people for things. And they have coined the phrase, the second childhood. And so this thing I was reading was talking about resisting the second childhood. I Googled it, read a couple articles, and learned a little bit more about the second childhood. And, and this Forbes study that I read said that when you retire, there's things that you have to intentionally do to stop yourself from the uh, mental cognitive decline. So to stop yourself from your, your brain losing its function, it's kind of a use it or lose it things that are built into your brain. I don't know, I'm not an expert on it, but I was reading this Forbes study on it. I don't even know if Forbes is good, but it was helpful to me <laughs> to learn about it. But anyways, I'm reading this study and they're talking about how when people retire, if they don't have something that keeps them busy, if they don't have something that's a, a purpose for them, that doesn't, that's something that doesn't bring them trials and, and challenges in life, what happens is they begin the early, earlier in life a mental decline, that we need trials and challenges, and that the, this sort of easy life that we often see portrayed, that, oh, if I just had it a little bit easier, life would be better, is not actually the case. That even when we shift into this easier part of our life, we need things to give us trials so that our, our brain continues to work and does not have this cognitive decline. And so I found it interesting that the culture would say to aim for easy, but the way of Jesus would tell us something else. And James tells us to count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. He does not say to count it a joy when you escape the trial. 
which is often the temptation, often what we do. It's like, finally, that's over with. He says, when you meet the trial, when you meet the trial, count it a joy. You know, I've been following Jesus my entire life. In fact, I was an intern at this church from ages four to 25. <laughs> um, as my, my parents planted this church in our living room. And I've been a full-time pastor for about 10 years. And I still deeply struggle to Canada joy when I meet trials of all of various kinds. It's tough because joy is not a feeling. It's a discipline. It's something that we have to train ourselves. It's a choice that we have to make. That even when I'm going through whatever I'm going through, I'm going to count it a joy that this is a discipleship opportunity for me to be near Jesus and to, to learn the model of Jesus that I want to follow for my life. I'm going to choose joy. James is giving us a command. Choose joy. Count it a joy. But how often do we, how do we re react when we face trials? Often, I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll just tell you what I do. Often I complain. I sort of maybe even doubt God. Like, oh, God, like, is this really what you set me on or whatever? Is this the person I was supposed to, you know, be interacting with? I, I have anxiety. I stress. I overthink things. Often I want to run away. I just want to go, okay, I'm just going to leave that alone and it's going to figure itself out while I just go live my life. You ever do something like that? Oh my gosh. And it causes more of a mess, doesn't it? It's such a mess. I, I don't know if, Maybe you're better than me, but this is how I often, this is how I often act when I come into encounter with trials. But as I was thinking about this this week, I was thinking about the story of Peter Pan. You know Peter Pan? You guys, okay, kind of, I'll give you a little bit of a rundown of Peter Pan this morning. That Peter Pan, kind of, he has this, he's this guy, he never wants to grow up, and so he has this place called Neverland. And in Neverland, you don't have to worry about the responsibilities and the, the things that we, you know, have to do to mature in life. And, and so anytime, you know, you're, you're going through something tough, it's fine. Just escape to Neverland. Just, just come with Peter Pan, go with Peter Pan, fly off to Neverland, and you will no longer have to deal with the issues of life. And the story in Peter Pan is that Wendy and her brothers, they, they're causing some ruckus, whatever, in the home. And the dad says, that's it, Wendy. This is your last night in the nursery. Tomorrow, you're moving out of here. It's time to grow up. And it's time to face life. And it's time to mature. And that night, Peter Pan comes and saves them, takes them off to Neverland, and go on, whatever. That's Peter Pan in a nutshell. Sorry, I don't want to spend too much time on Peter Pan this morning. Um, <laughs> but the idea, the sort of main idea behind Peter Pan is that something is wrong we need to escape it. Something is wrong. Don't deal with it. Don't face it. Escape it. Run away. And much of Western culture has taught us that trials are bad. That there's something that must be avoided. If life is hard, go on vacation. There's always an advertisement about going, going to a better place. Or if the job is challenging, quit. Move on. Life is too short to work hard. If the marriage is difficult, divorce. Maybe you got it wrong. It's time for somebody new. The grass is always greener on the other side. That's sort of the idea that we get from much of culture. Now, obviously, there are extreme circumstances where some of these examples should take place. And I'm not trying to hate on vacation this morning. It's, it's good. Go on vacation. Don't let me shame you out of your Palm Springs trip next weekend. <laughs> but the problem occurs 
when they become a habit or a first response to our trials. I got to get out of here. I have to get away from this. I can't deal with this. Can I ask you this morning, what are you going through that you've been trying to get away from? What is it in your life that you've been like, I take this away from me. I got to, I got to get away from this. And is that the vision that James is giving the early church? See, the vision we would see today is good, is also easy. So our temptation is to remove ourselves from the trial. When life gets hard, fly away to Neverland. We want to get away from it all. And we develop this idea that trials are to be avoided. And we do not allow ourselves opportunities to strengthen our faith. And we are living in the opposite way of the way of Jesus when we do this. C.S. Lewis said this. He said, when it, when it comes to pain and trials, pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks in our consciences, but he shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And James gives us a greater vision for our lives. Count it a joy when you meet trials, my friends. Why? Why would we count it a joy when we meet trials? Chapter, or verse three says this, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let the steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. There's two Greek words that are a theme throughout the whole book of James besides chapter four, but throughout the whole book, of, aside from chapter four, we will see these two Greek words being used. They're a theme that comes up through this whole letter and that's gonna come up through this whole series over the next nine weeks. I wanna teach you these two Greek words uh, today. As I, we were studying for this, we learned these two Greek words. Uh, the first word is hupomeno. Hupomeno. Everybody say hupomeno. Hupomeno. This word would, would stand for steadfast. It means to endure, to remain, to stay under, to persevere, and the root word comes from two different Greek words. One, hupo, means to place under, and then meno, meaning to stay. And so James is telling us, when he talks about being steadfast, it's using this Greek word, hupomeno. So when you meet trials, you are to hupomeno. Can you say it with me this morning? One, two, three, hupomeno. So the early church scattered in these 12 tribes, and they're going through all, all, all this different stuff. And, and James is telling them, hupomeno. When marriage is hard, hupomeno. When life is difficult, hupomeno. If things are not the way that you wish they were, hupomeno. When you're going through a faith crisis, hupomeno. Stay under the trial. Keep going. When following Jesus becomes boring to you and loses its luster, hupomeno. Keep going. Culture says life shouldn't be hard. You don't deserve this. Move away from this. And James says, hupomeno. Stay with it. Don't go off to Neverland. Don't be like Peter Pan. You don't need to fly around in those tights. I would look terrible in those tights. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. Don't go Peter Pan. Hupomeno. 
stay under. Why? Why would we stay under these trials? Why would we count into joy when we meet this? The next Greek word that you're going to see all throughout the book of James, except chapter four, again, but all throughout book of James is teleos. Can we bring up teleos? Teleos. It's like perfect. It would be in, in place of perfect and complete. When you see James talk that way, he's using this Greek word teleos. It means full grown, adult, mature, perfect, integrity. You mean what you say, brought to its end, like finished. So we see hupomeno. Hupomeno is the, the way of Jesus. This is the way James is telling us to go. Why? Because we will be teleos. We will, we will, throughout the book of James, you're gonna see this. And one of the reasons we get bored in our faith is that we run away. We do not hupomeno. And so we never see the teleos. We always run off because we, we don't embrace hupomeno. That's why we never see the teleos. We run from trials and then it makes us immature and shallow followers of Jesus. And we don't see the promises of God in our lives because we run from the responsibility of a follower of Jesus. Yet the promise often comes after the pain. Don't go, Peter Pan. Do we have a Neverland view of life? A view that says, I shouldn't be facing this. I don't deserve this. I thought following Jesus would be easier. I thought these promises, how come I'm not seeing these promises yet? Following Jesus is not about avoiding trials. It's about knowing the hope that we have through every trial that we go through. Jesus calls us to hupameno, stay under, work through the pain. And the story of Peter Pan makes for a good movie, but a bad life, but a shallow life. Jesus and James, they're, they're telling us here, stay under, stay under. What's the promise? What's that teleos life that James gives us? This teleos life is you'll be complete. You will lack nothing. You'll be mature. You'll have the crown of life. You will be blessed. You will have teleos. You will be perfected in Jesus' name. You will be teleos. So you're maybe saying this morning, yeah, okay, I've done the hupameno thing. I've stayed under, but I have not seen the promises that James promised us. Well, if this is the case for you, maybe you just need some more time. Maybe the hupameno is going to be longer than you expected. But maybe, just maybe, we're not as wise as our mom told us we were. And sometimes we lead our kids astray by telling them they can do anything in life. I'll tell you what, I cannot swim like Michael Phelps, and I never will. Um, <laughs> it's gone too far. Um, but sometimes we, we have this, we have this sort of idea that, you know, we, we have it all figured out and, and, uh, and James is kind of bringing it, uh, he's saying right after this whole idea of hupomeno and teleos that, you know, maybe we don't. Maybe we're not as smart as, as we thought we were. And one of the struggles of the information age is that we have all this information. So we think we have things figured out, but then we're not getting the answers we wanted. So we have all this information, but we lack transformation. We don't allow the Holy Spirit to come in and mess with us. And, and we're not humble sometimes. And so we get a hard heart towards things and, and the soil of our heart is hard and we don't allow the Holy Spirit to come in there and mess it up and, and say, God, reveal yourself to us. And so we're not getting this teleos life, even though we've had some hupomeno. And what does James tell us? 
He tells us that we're smart. We, we think we're smarter than we actually are. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, in chapter uh, verse five, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. Ask God for wisdom. And the good news is he'll give it to you. That if you're not seeing the promises of God for your life, the good news is God will give that to you. Can I just tell you that I would have had a lot less sleepless nights had I just asked God for wisdom. And that's the promise for your life. You get a lot more sleep if you had asked God for wisdom. Man, you wouldn't be overthinking that stuff. You wouldn't be so frustrated all the time. You just ask God for wisdom. And the, the promise is he'll give it to you. And then down in, in uh, verse 12, it says, blessed is the man who remains steadfast, hupomeno, under trial. When he stood the test, he will receive the teleos, the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. So trials, even though we're tempted, trials should not be seen as God punishing us. Trials should actually be seen as discipleship opportunities to draw near to Jesus, just like C.S. Lewis said, so that he can scream, that he can, he can really talk to us and we can really connect with him through the pain that we're going through in life. That every time a trial comes up, we can count it as joy because this is a discipleship opportunity for me to draw near to Jesus and for me to hear his promises and his words over my life. And often we want the promise of Jesus without going the way of Jesus. Oh, I want the promise of Jesus, the teleos, the integrity. I want to mean what I say, be complete, perfect, mature. I want, I want to see this thing through. But the way of Jesus, the way of Jesus sometimes is not as desirable. And often it's the Peter Pan way that looks a little bit more desirable, but don't go Peter Pan. Follow the way of Jesus that James gives us, the hupomeno. Stay under, persevere, keep going. Don't settle for the cheap alternatives that the world offers us. Because so often we're going through something and we want to, we want to feel again. We, you know, we don't want to be numb anymore. Or we just, you know, we, we, we want, we, we're struggling through so much of the way we look at ourselves. And the world has so many little cheap alternatives that we can turn to, to make us feel better in the moment. But Jesus promised us so much better than a cheap, temporary, little quick fix. He promises us a teleos life, that you will be mature. Don't settle for the easy road. Go to Jesus. Stay under the trial. Jesus understands your temptations. And our desires tell us to follow them. But what James tells us is that when you, default, when you follow your desires, it ends up leading to death in the end. Jesus tells us to come to him. You know, the verb of all discipleship, the verb of following Jesus is come, come, come to me. Count it as joy when you go through these things. Now, it doesn't mean you have to be joyful for the trial. James says, be joyful in the trial. Hey, you don't have to be like, yeah, I got this bad diagnosis. Look at me, I'm so happy. No, we don't have to be phony like that. Like, you know, you know, you know crash your car on the way out of the parking lot today. Thank you, Lord. This is what I was looking for on this afternoon. You don't have to be thankful for the trial just in the trial. It sucks. It's okay to mourn a changing season where you thought something was going to be one way and it didn't turn out like that. You don't have to be thankful for the trial, but stay under. Be thankful in the trial. Hupameno. And Jesus gave us a beautiful example of this. That night 
before he died in the garden. And he knows that he's in the midst, he's about to go through the most painful death. And he's crying out to God, God, if you can, take this cup from me. He's, he's stressed. He's sweating drops of blood. He's so stressed. But the life of Jesus was a hoopameno life. He stayed under it. And Peter doesn't get it yet. Peter's still in the sanctification process. Okay, he's still trying to figure this whole thing out. And these guards come to take Jesus away. And Peter's angry. He's like, I'm going to save my Savior. Yes. And he cuts off this guard's ear. And what does Jesus do? He's like, I got to hoopameno. I got to stay under this trial. He goes and he heals the man's ear. And then he tells this to Peter. He says, he turns to Peter and he says, don't you think I cannot appeal to my father? And he will at once send more than 12 legions of angels? Like, Peter, I could get out of this if I wanted to. You're still not getting it. But how then should the scriptures be fulfilled, right? Come to an end. Teleos, if you will, that it must be so. Jesus models this hoopameno life for us. He did, he did not come to give you a Peter Pan vision for your life. Don't go Peter Pan. Don't go trying to fly away to a magical place that hopefully your issues will deal with themselves on your own. Face them, stay under them. And what will happen? He will make you complete. His desire is that you would have teleos, that he would mature you, that he would give you integrity, that you mean what you say, that you don't say one thing and do another. And you'll be blessed when you stay under. Though easy is not the goal, often following Jesus is much easier than we make it. Because we come into these trials and we try and figure them out on our own. We think we can think our way through or Google our way through these problems. But Jesus says, come to me. And his model in life is that his life's mission was about pleasing the Father. And I think sometimes we build up that up in our minds, what that actually means. And pleasing God is a whole lot easier than we make it. But if we would ask God for a fresh indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that we wouldn't want to chase our desires. Because sometimes in the, in the desires, we want to get out of the hoop of mental life. But we really just want the Holy Spirit to dwell within us. We want to be near God. And what happens, we become like God. And it's a good life for us. I want to read um, James chapter one again. We're going to go through it with this concept of hoopameno and teleos in mind. Hoopameno and teleos. And, and just take this time to think about what you've been going through in life and take this time to really speak this verse and think this verse through whatever it is that's going on in your life. James chapter one. James, a servant of God, and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Quickly, just to mention and, and, and say something about James for a moment. Um, James is brother of Jesus. In, in my uh, immaturity and imperfection, if I was writing this, I'd be like, Joel, the brother of Jesus. Yeah, all right, look how good I am, guys. You gotta listen to me. But look at James. This is what happens when you really get around Jesus. Look at his humility. Look at how he honors God. He says, James, 
a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. He could have been familiar, but he honored his brother and our God. To the 12 tribes in dispersion, greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces hupomeno. And let the hupomeno have its full effect, that you may be teleos, perfect and complete, teleos, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose he'll receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation. Because like a flower of grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass. Its flower falls and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Blessed is the man who remains hupomeno under trial. For when he stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, the teleos, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he's tempted, I'm being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil. He himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he's lured and enticed by his own desire then desire, when it's conceived birth, sorry, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Would you stand with me today? We're just going to take a couple minutes right now. And if, you're, uh, if you've been going through a trial, if you've been going through something, no matter what it is, we're just going to, as believers together, pray for you and believe that you would continue to stay hupomeno, to stay under it, but that God would bring that teleos for your life. I'm just going to ask everybody right now, would you bow your heads, close your eyes, and respect for those around you. And I know the Holy Spirit is bringing things to people's hearts and minds right now. And if you'd like someone to pray with you, what I'm going to ask, uh, this isn't a officially, you know, organized moment. I'm just going to ask the people who call Celebration Church home to lay hands on you and pray for you. If you'd like that this morning, if you'd like some people to pray for you, um, would you just slip up your hand right now? Slip up your hand right now. If you're going through something, some kind of trial, um, put your hand up nice and high. There's some hands all over the place. Now, we're just gonna pray that God would be with you. Awesome, hands all over. Now, if you, if you call Celebration Church home and you're comfortable with this, would you just put your hand on somebody um, who's got their hand up? There's hands all over the room. Let's make sure every person with their hand up has got somebody laying hands on them and praying for someone. Awesome. He, you can pray under your breath on your own. Uh, you can pray out loud, whatever, but I'm just gonna lead in a prayer as well. And we're just gonna believe 
that as these people hupomeno, stay under the trial, that God would bring the teleos life for them. They're not gonna go Peter Pan. They got a bigger vision for their life than that, that they wouldn't run away, but they would stay with this thing and God's gonna bless them and care for them. Let's pray right now. God, thank you so much for your children here today. That you love them so much. Holy Spirit, we just pray for a, a fresh outpouring of your presence in their homes and in their lives. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father, for whatever you're going, they're going through. You see, you see their trial and you have given us a formula to follow where we hoop a meno, we stay under the trial and God, you will, you will bless. You'll take care of. You'll grow them into mature adults. You'll, you'll help them uh, through whatever this is. God, we just pray for teleos in their life, that they would see your faithfulness and your goodness. Holy Spirit, guide them. Holy Spirit, comfort them in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we just pray your presence would be in their vehicle as they drive, in their, in their home, Lord God. Just a new, fresh indwelling of wherever they go, they know that the presence of God is with them in the name of Jesus. We just thank you that they would, they would experience that presence as they go forward into this week and into this trial to come. Lord God, we just pray for that teleos promise on their lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So good. Hey, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, um, if you're in the room or watching online and you know that it's time to either rededicate your life to Jesus, you know that he, he died to pay for your sin, but you need, to, um, you need to really ask him to come and dwell in your heart and, and uh, take over. Maybe you've prayed a prayer like this before, uh, but you've fallen away and it's time to get back on track. Or maybe you've never prayed this prayer it's beautiful. The Bible just says, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved. And so if you believe in your heart, but you need to make a decision and confess it with your mouth today, I'd encourage you to repeat after me. I'm gonna call, ask everybody who calls Celebration Church Home to repeat this prayer after me with faith for you in your life that this time is gonna be different. And uh, we, we, we ask this in Jesus' name. Let's, let, let's pray. Jesus, thank you for coming to this earth and living a perfect life and then dying on the cross to pay for my sin. I believe that you are Lord and God raised you from the dead and from now on, I declare that I am living for you in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for all God has done here this morning. Thanks for listening with us today. If you enjoyed it, check out more messages like this at celebrationedmonton.com or on the Celebration Church mobile app. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give on our website at celebrationedmonton.com. Come back next week to hear another great message.